Welcome into the PFN Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Dallas Robinson. He is your host, Jay Morrison. Jay, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm a little out of sorts. This is a little weird recording on a Thursday <laughs> yeah. instead of a Tuesday, but um, you know, tight week. Everything was kind of jammed together with the Monday night game. So, um, Yeah, it's a weird week. We'll, we're coming to you on Thursday this week. I, we'll be back in our normal Tuesday schedule moving forward, but with the game on Monday and some weird Bengals availabilities, we're coming to you a little bit later this week. That gives us time to kind of digest what happened on, on Monday night. Yeah. And Jay, you just said it before the show, it was a season saver. It was an absolute season saver. Uh, 0-3 would have been a disaster. We've we've talked about the numbers about teams that go 0-3 and their terrible chances at making the playoffs. So to move to 1-2, and I think, was huge. And for, obviously, Joe Burrow, even if the other didn't play that well, I think the main takeaway is that he got out of this game without a setback. He came out of this game relatively healthy, and they managed to win, and he was able to make a few plays, just enough to kind of get them that win without getting injured, which I think is is all we could really ask for going into that game. Yeah, I, I still think, you know, it's going to be a, a hold your breath kind of thing every time we see him lo- leave the pocket because yeah. you know it It can happen. A, a setback can happen around any corner. It can happen in practice. It can definitely happen in a game. You, you think about it when he, he had those five weeks completely off um, and, and then – really another week after that where he was practicing and playing against Cleveland and then the setback happened. So mm-hmm. now it's, it's obviously doesn't feel as good as it, it did going into that Baltimore game. Um, so you, you do wonder, but it was, I mean, you don't want to say never. Oh, and three now is a little different with 17 games, but it, I mean, it just would have take the math out of it. It just all the doubt that creeps in at that point. And sure. then they maybe start pressing and you're going, you're talking about, you're not going to on the road to play world beaters, but you're still going on the road back to back games, going to Tennessee, going to Arizona, Arizona, I think is better than a lot of people thought Tennessee. We'll get into that later, but you, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to be a close muddied up kind of game. So this does, this lets them just kind of breathe a little bit. You could feel the tension release in the locker room after the game. The music was Blair and everybody was in a great mood. Um, That's typically the case after any win, but you could just really feel a giant exhale from the team after they pulled that one out. Yeah, and you talk, we'll get into the Titans game and and their upcoming schedule, but, but if you just a quick look ahead at their schedule, Titans, Cardinals, Seahawks, bye week. It's not the toughest slate of upcoming opponents, um, and then hopefully Burrow can really take a week to, to rest the calf and, and see how he feels after the bye week. But it was a huge relief to get that win, I think, for, for the Bengals on Monday night, especially given where the AFC North is at this point in time, where the yeah. rest of the AFC is in this point. I mean, 0-3, could they have fought back from it? I, I think maybe there, there could have been a chance with a 17-game season with an extra playoff team now, but given the state of the AFC, I, I think it would have been really difficult. Um, let's just hone in on Burrow for a second. I, I thought there were obviously still some struggles. He obviously, the, the calf is still affecting him. The, the Bengals offense, it, it really struggled. I mean, they, they managed to pull out a win, but it wasn't a very efficient performance. Jamar Chase uh, pretty much was their only weapon on offense. They, they could really get anything going. Um, I, I do think the offense is probably going to be a concern for a while, as long as Joe Burrow is hobbled. I mean, we saw him get out of the pocket a couple times. Uh, we saw him move a little bit, which was encouraging. But 
I, I think, you know, they're going to have to be careful with how much they do that going forward. We also saw Joe Burrow get absolutely crushed a couple of times. I mean, that one time he got taken down by Aaron Donald and kind of just laid on the field. I, I'm sure all of Cincinnati was holding <laughs> their breath. I mean, it's going to be, I think that's going to be how we're going to be watching these games moving forward. Um, so what do you think about the offense overall? I mean, they dropped back a ton, almost 50 times, which kind of surprised me. Um, that they didn't really kind of stick with that running game a, a little more, especially how Joe Mixon has looked. But what are your what are your takeaways from the offense and just how you think they'll look going forward, especially as Joe Burrow is trying to get healthy? Yeah, I think you'll see it open up a little bit. I mean, you talked about the times he got out of pocket. The the one was by design. It was the the fake yeah. pitch, the fake toss, and then a bootleg out. And you know, they they Brian Callahan said they talked about it at halftime about that that they thought it was a good time for that play. Did he feel comfortable doing it? And he said he did. So I, I do. I think that's encouraging that that he he did escape the pocket a couple times, didn't have an issue. Yeah. Maybe you'll start seeing a little more of that. I don't know that they're going to rely on it a lot, but um, there's always the the chance that he's going to have to get out of there by necessity with with Jeffrey Simmons and that defensive tight that Titans defensive line. Um, yeah. It the, the the surprising thing to me about the offense was was T Higgins. Uh, you just yeah. don't see him dropping balls like that. And I, I we, I haven't had a chance to talk to him. I'm hoping to today because he did. He ran off the field at one point after one of those drops and went to the locker room. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was equipment related, if he changed gloves or what it was. Um, but there was something going on with him where he he was dropping passes that you just you don't see him drop. Um, I, the the run game surprised me. I, I 49 dropbacks. I know that's who they are, but I did expect to see a little more of Joe Mixon. Now he wasn't super efficient in that game. What 3.5 per carry? Yeah. But um, I do. I just I think you're going to see similar game plans. Maybe open it up a little bit each week as it goes. But it's not gonna it's not gonna go back to the the 2022 Bengals, 2021 Bengals anytime soon. Not with Joe still compromised with the calf. Yeah, they're just really having those explosive plays and like i think it's going to be mm. just kind of a condensed offense for for now at least until joe shows some sort of improvement or feels that he can hang in there long enough and and kind of get that that power back that he needs to hit those downfield throws i agree with you on t higgins i i thought that was maybe the worst game of his career as a with the bengals mm. um he's had games obviously earlier this year where he had less overall production but in terms of just errors and self-inflicted mistakes I, I don't know that was a really weird performance I I was it was it, it was a little it was just I, I couldn't almost couldn't believe what I was seeing at times like <laughs> how how he was performing like this so I'm I'm curious if you guys do get to talk to him and see if there was something going on or what his just kind of state of mind was during that performance because it was really strange um I think the thing we have to talk about is the defense, though, is as happy as we kind of were to see the Bengals get back on track a little bit on offense and, and pull out this win. They couldn't have done it without this defensive performance. I no. mean, it was absolutely outstanding. Trey Hendrickson was all over the Rams offensive line. The Rams had to bring in a backup, backup offensive tackle who me as a professional NFL writer, I've never heard of this person in my life. Trey Hendrickson absolutely dominated him uh, play in and play out. Dax Hill, huge game. Uh, Logan Wilson, huge game. It, it was just a dominant performance. The, the kind of performance I think that we've been waiting to see from a Lou and a Rumo unit and the kind of performance I think that we all know is possible uh, for, for this team. Yeah, I mean, just huge that the, they, the, the six sacks, just the second time they've done that since Lou's been here, and he only blitzed on 14% of the Rams dropbacks. I mean, yeah. if you can get that kind of pressure with just your front four – um, 
you can you can wreck a lot of game plans. And it was it was interesting. You know, Lou was kind of lamenting yesterday when we talked to him the the amount of explosives they gave up. And he he, he yeah. said, you know, both of them were both two of the the longest ones were safety air. One on Nick Scott, one on Dax Hill. Dax Hill even took the blame on the one. It was the one uh, that the Rams hit to set up that final touchdown. Yeah. Um, he just he didn't get as deep as he needed to in his drop. And um, this this game, um, I've got hold on, I've got it here real quick. It, you don't got see some stats. Yeah, yeah, and you don't see Lou Anarumo defenses, and, and we've talked about it. Jesse Bates, Von Bell in the back end. There was yeah. you didn't have the miscommunication, you didn't have the the blown assignments, that type of thing. But uh, just the just the second time. Um, take 2019 out of it because that was just yeah. a different animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But since 2020, just the second time that a Lou defense has given up at least three passes of 30 yards or more. Um, and you know, Nakua had one for 37 to set up that final touchdown. Atwell yeah. had one for 37. Jefferson for 46. Um, the only other game was against the Chargers back in 2021. They had four pass plays. They gave up of 30 yards or more, and um, they they lost that game 41-22. So. There's still work to do, but you're encouraged. I mean, that I think you know, even despite that error by Dax Hill, he had a heck of a game. He had the the blitz yeah. where he he just creamed Matthew Stafford. He had the other one where he read the toss um, and, and knifed in a three yard loss. Um, and then Logan Wilson just just always seems to be around the ball. Yeah, the the thing that surprised me most was that there we didn't see the rotation that I think we're expecting to see on that defensive line. And, and I asked Lou if that was a product of, Hey, we got to win this game. We're going to go with our best guys because, you know, Joseph Osai was back in dress. He played five snaps. Um, and, and you still, you have, you have both uh, Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson playing over 80% of the snaps on defense. I don't yeah. think that's sustainable, uh, but it, it, it just, I, I, I was surprised that it looked like that, especially with the amount of pressure they were getting. It seemed like they could give them a, a series off and get some of the other guys in there. DJ reader only played 50% of the snaps. So they did manage him a little bit better, but uh, we'll see going forward. I, I expect to see a lot more of Joseph Osai on Sunday in Tennessee. Yeah, I would agree. I think, I think you're probably right. This was maybe not quite like a kitchen sink game where we have to throw everything to get the win, but Hey, we're going to put our best guys out there and, and mm. we're going to go win this game. I, I think Dax Hill was, was really good. I think he had some struggles in coverage, obviously, but man, you see why he was a first round pick. You, you see those instincts. You, you see that physical ability. I think the kind of communication with Nick Scott or, or if Jordan Battle ends up playing back there, that will come. I mean, this Daxel really didn't play at all during his rookie year. I mean, you have to get some sort of experience yeah. before that type of communication and, and rec- recognizability kind of kind of comes to you as you get more experience in the NFL. But in terms of just the physical tools, oh my God, it was. It was unbelievable to watch him on Monday night. Um, yeah, I, I think you're not going to play a, an offensive line like the Rams, like the Rams have every week, where I just don't think they have a lot of NFL level talent up front, and the Bengals don't have to blitz and they can just get pressure as much as they want. But you know, we talked about the next three games. Tennessee might have the worst offensive line in the entire NFL. Um, <laughs> Arizona does not have an NFL quality offensive line. Field is losing right now their right tackles on injured reserve. Their left tackles missed the past two games. These are not imposing offensive lines the Bengals are going to be facing the next mm-hmm. three weeks. I'm not saying it's going to be like Monday night and, and that level of pressure and that level of harassment every week, but 
I would be surprised if over the next month the Bengals defense does not give us at least some something close to the level they showed on Monday night. Yeah, Ten, uh, you mentioned it. Tennessee's awful offensive line. Um, yeah, last nine games going back to last year, they've given up at least four sacks in seven of them so far this year. They've given up five, five, and three in their games. And anybody that watched that that Cleveland Tennessee game uh, uh, on Sunday, waiting for the brutal. Bengals to play Monday night, saw it. <laughs> it was not good. I mean, yeah. I. I asked Joseph Osai about the play where Miles Garrett sacked the uh, the offensive lineman and the quarterback at the same time. <laughs> yes. and he said, "Yeah, he's never seen anything like that, and he doesn't know if he ever will again." It was to the point where that where Miles Garrett, after the game, was giving the Titans' left tackle pointers on how on how to get better. <laughs> I've never heard anything like that. Yeah, it's, you know, I I just absolutely destroyed you. Here's how you can do better next week. I mean, that was. <laughs> That was insane. So, well, yeah, he um, wants him to beat the Bengals. So that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. That, that you know that Browns defense against the Titans. We, we'll get into the Titans here in a minute, but I, I think they gave up 94 total yards to Tennessee, 11th fewest mm-hmm. this century. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like we should be talking about that more. Whether the Browns defense is just the best we've seen in a long time, or maybe the Titans' offense is just that bad. We'll get into that in a second. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I think this defensive performance was. Very encouraging. Uh, I, again, I don't know if it's going to happen every week, and but but the Rams have been putting up points. You know, they destroyed Seattle in Week One. They mm-hmm. they kept it close with San Francisco in Week Two. I, I I know coming into the season, we all kind of thought the Rams were one of the two or three worst teams in the league. But you know, Matt Stafford is kind of proven. You give me a couple serviceable receivers, even if it's not Cooper Cup, and he can usually put up some points. So I think to, to see that type of defensive performance in Week Three and kind of save the season was a uh, was really important. Um, let's let's turn things over to that Titans game now. Let's go ahead and look ahead to Week Three. Um, the Titans are just—it's a, a weird place, man. They, this is the third year in a row the Bengals have played them. Once was obviously in the playoffs, and when the Titans were the number one seed, and the Titans have really, really fallen off since that since that point in time. If that's the Titans team you remember, that's not the Titans team they are now. Um, they're they're even worse than the Titans team the Bengals played last year. I think. I think they're just. They're getting old in some spots and in other spots on the roster, they're incredibly inexperienced. It's a, it's a very weird mix of a team that from an outsider's perspective kind of doesn't know which direction it's going in right now. Um, it, it feels like Ryan Tannehill, could he be a trade candidate later this season? Um, that's probably f- further down the line this season. For right now, I think what, what we can focus on is that in my opinion, the Bengals are, are a much, much more talented team that, than these Titans, but the Titans do have some pieces, especially in the run defense and especially in their defensive front um, that I think could present a problem for the Bengals if, if kind of everything comes together for them on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't have to go back far. You mentioned the playoff game, nine sacks against Joe Burrow, that, that the bulk of that line is still there. The Bengals offensive line obviously is better since that, that night, but um, it just, it doesn't matter. It seems like what, what Tennessee has, it's just, it's, it's going to be, as I said earlier, just a muddy yeah. game. It's going to be close. It's going to be, the, I think Lou, Brian, and Zach all said it's like an AFC North game this week when we <laughs> yeah. talked to them yesterday. And it does. It feels like that. They they lean on that run game with Derrick Henry. I think even more so this weekend we're going to see it where you yeah. mentioned that O-line is so bad, bad in pass pro. <clears throat> and they they didn't have a healthy Derrick Henry in that playoff game, and 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 last year he didn't do much against the Bengals. He got loose on a screen pass, took yep. that to the house for seventy yards, I think it was. But in the actual run game, the Bengals have done a great job against him. 
So I, I think you're going to see even the over under is 40 and a half. I, I think you're mm-hmm. going to see something that's going to go under that. It's going to be low scoring again, just like Monday night was. And I do, I think the, the Bengals should win this game, but it just, you, you get in these battles where it's, it's close and you know, it's going to come down to the final final possession and, and it's on the road and you just never know what can happen. And they've, they've come up with some key turnovers in these games. And actually it's, it's the fourth year in a row they played him because they played him in Burroughs rookie year. And that's, that's when right. that it's when the offense really seemed like, Hey, now here they go. It was yeah. like almost when the light went on for Joe Burrow because they had the loss to the Browns, but they looked terrific. It was a, a last second comeback by the Browns. And then they, they beat Tennessee, which was a playoff team. Um, yep. So they, the Bengals do have this team's number, but I, I just, I think the line is right. It's at two and a half right now for the Bengals. And I think that that's right about where it's going to be. The Titans are interesting to me in going back to that AFC North comparison. They remind me a lot of the Steelers in such a way. And Mike Vrabel kind of compares to Mike Tomlin in that way, in that, you know, I, I was one of these people this offseason that thought, hey, the Titans should just trade away all their veterans and maybe just do a semi tank and try and get, you know, a top five pick next year and get a new quarterback. It just doesn't seem like they're ever going to do that. Just like the Steelers would never do that, right? Like Mike Vrabel, I could see him being one of these guys like Tomlin that like never has a sub 500 record. That even in seasons where they're going to rebuild or reset their roster, we're going to at least try and be competitive and, and try and not bottom out here and not have that, not have our team morale really, really sink and become a, a losing organization. That That's how I see the Titans kind of. And, and I think that will kind of play into how they play on Sunday too. Um, I, I I think when the Bengals are on offense, I think I, I you have to be concerned about Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, he is absolutely he is maybe not quite Aaron Donald, but he's like right there. He's right mm-hmm. there in terms of an interior defender who can just bull rush you and power through and get and get some interior pressure. That quick pressure right up the middle, it can be a problem for Joe Burrow if he's not going to be able to escape the pocket, right? If he can't even have a even a second to react if Simmons is just blowing up Karras or blowing up Volson, who, by the way, Cordell Volson had a 0.0 PFF pass blocking grade against the Rams. I don't know if I've ever seen a 0.0. I'm not saying PFF pass blocking grades are the be all end all, but 0.0 is, uh, I'm going to say that's not good. <laughs> uh, so facing Jeffrey Simmons, if he's lined up on Cordell Volson, I mean, I, I think that'll be something to watch. Um, but if the Bengals can hold up up front, this secondary in, in Tennessee can be attacked. I mean, it, we talk about in fantasy football about pass funnel defenses, defenses that you really want to target when you're when you have wide receivers and quarterbacks. Tennessee is one of those defenses. They they are elite against the run. So Joe Mixon, I, I'm not expecting a big day. But they just don't have the cornerbacks and they don't have the defensive backs to to hold up against these Bengals receivers. Um, the Bengals have struggled to get up explosive plays. We just talked about that. Joe Burrow's health is going to be a huge factor in, in that and how. Defenses continue to play this Bengals offense with two high shells and cover two. That's all going to be a factor in that. But at the end of the day, the Bengals receivers against the Tennessee uh, cornerbacks, it's absolutely huge mismatch. And I I think the Bengals have to find a way to take advantage of that on Sunday. Yeah. And I, 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 that will be the plan. I, I I do. I think Mixon's going to be a little more important in the game plan, but I, I do think that you're going to see T Higgins bounce back. It's going to be a really interesting matchup with Jamar Chase and Christian Fulton because uh, mm-hmm. I wrote a story about them during that Super Bowl run where they're uh, 
their dads are best friends. They, they have teammates at LSU, just the, that connection yeah. that goes back. They didn't really go head to head too much in the playoff game. And then last year, Fulton was hurt for the, or Chase was hurt for the, the game yeah. when they played at Tennessee. So that's, that's going to be a fun one to watch between guys that, that have a history with each other. But I, I do. Yeah, you, they, they, a little, I think he's a little banged up too. He, he was on the injury report last week. So yeah, I don't think that, he was on uh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, he's. I think he's okay this week, but he he has been a little banged up. And I just think they can attack the middle of that, yeah, that Titans defense. If even if they can't get Higgins and Chase open on the outside, Tyler Boyd could have a big day over the middle. Yeah. Be interesting to see where where Irv Smith is in his recovery. I thought Tanner Hudson played well and had yeah. had a nice big catch in the two minute drive, and uh, he he looked good in in the preseason. I'm glad to see him getting a chance. It, you know, yeah. it, it didn't seem like that was going to be a role that Drew Sample could fill or even Mitch, mm-hmm. Mitchell Wilcox. So uh, good to see a guy like Tanner Hudson get a role there. Maybe we see some more of him in this game on Sunday. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that we saw Drew Sample as like a third down pass protecting back against the Rams, too. That was a little a new wrinkle that I, I wonder if they'll move forward with that against, against a team like Tennessee that's going to have a lot of pressure right up the middle. That if they don't feel good about, you know, Trevian Williams or Chase Brown in the backfield on third downs that, that hey we'll put Drew Sample back there and let him let him do what he does best and, and block people and and you know he's obviously not going to be going out for routes out of the backfield God I would hope not but if he can if he can stop a few bodies I think that was an interesting recall that we saw on on Monday night yeah Mixon had a really bad pass pro rep uh, really lame effort and and yeah. I think that's when they that's when they made the switch and started getting Drew back there to just to have somebody could get in the way and give Burrow yeah. some more time. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be curious to see if that goes for, if that keeps uh, if that's a strategy they take going forward. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I'm just not that concerned about this Titans offense. You know, they've Derrick Henry has been and the, other teams have shown that he can be bottled up, and when he gets bottled up, there's just not a lot else they can do. Ryan Tannehill, I I don't think it's all his fault. I think he's actually still a decent quarterback when he has time and, and has weapons, but. You know, DeAndre Hopkins has been banged up all year like he usually is. He's he's on the wrong side of 30. Traylon Burks has been banged up, too, with a knee injury, so he hasn't really been involved. Um, even their tight end, Chico Conquo, who, who did some things last year at the end of the season, really hasn't hasn't done a ton this year. They're just not a very explosive team. They're, there is not a team that really scares you on offense unless Derrick Henry just gets in one of those games where he's not going to get taken down and he's going to go for 150-plus yards. I, I'd be surprised if that happens against the Bengals. I mean – when you know that's coming, I, I think you can do things to to mitigate that and and say we're going to put all our energy on Derrick Henry and you know we don't have to worry as much about these outside weapons and and downfield shots. But you know my, Tennessee runs a ton of play action. I think that'll be that'll be a huge a huge factor in trying to stop that and trying to maintain consistency and, and not biting on the run and, and making sure you stay in your in your passing lanes. Um, but I just I just don't think this is that imposing of a team. We'll get into our predictions here in a little bit, but. I'd be surprised if the Bengals can't maybe not easily win this game because I, I think you're right. It's going to be a dogfight, but it, it would be surprising if they can't walk away with a win in this. And then where they would be at two and two in facing those next two games against Arizona and Seattle and then a bye week, I I think it, they'd put them in a very good position. Not at the top of the AFC, obviously, with, with how Buffalo and Miami and Kansas City and other teams in the AFC North are playing. I think it'll take a while for them to kind of get back in the groove and kind of get with with those other elite teams but if they can pull out a win here and be facing two two winnable games and then a bye week and be two and two I, I think they'll be 
it'll be a little bit of a season reset, I think, to get back to 500 if they can pull out this win. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like last year was when they when they got back. They they won those two to get it right back to even. And it the Derrick Henry thing I think is concerning because that is yeah. how the Titans win this game. And you know, it, it, as good as the Bengals played Monday night, it was just weeks one and two when they got lit up and the yes. run defense did. And so you know, you wonder about that because you know Derrick Henry, if where he does his damage is if he gets into that second level, then he's just impossible to stop. He's just this freight train running at you. You got, you got DJ reader in the middle. You you would think that there's a, not a great chance. And, and then Logan and, and Jermaine fill in the gaps. And yeah. it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of opportunity for, for Derrick Henry to break through and, and get running like that. Are the Titans going to be willing to, to play the three for the efficiency thing and just keep pounding him up in there um like i said we saw it they they gave up all those yards against the ravens and the browns um they, they cannot let that happen they cannot let this be a derrick henry game uh no. because as you said this the, the pass offense is just nothing uh frightening at all for any defense and the, the bengals i think we're going to see cheeto awuzie play quite a bit he's he's had his percentage yeah. snap percentage ramp up each week 53 58 73 last week um I asked Lou about that, about him and DJ Turner and and ask him how DJ's played. And, and he said, well, DJ's done great in pass coverage, but there's more to it than that. And it's funny because <laughs> DJ Turner does not have any missed tackles, according to Pro Football Focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cheeto is a really, for his size, he sticks his nose in there in the run game. Him and Cam Taylor Britt both. Um, yeah. And I just wonder if this is the game where the – the, the, the platoon ends and we see a full Cheeto load uh, against Derrick Henry in the run game. Yeah, that would be interesting. I think that would be a really positive sign if he's able to play a full complement of steps against a really physical team like this, right? If he can yeah. hold up against a team like this and I'm sure he'll take something of a beating, obviously. I, I think that'd be a really good sign. Um, I don't think we can, we can move off of Tennessee without talking about Ted Karras is coming back to Tennessee, <laughs> right? You know, it's, He's going. He's obviously had an interesting moment with them in the past. Uh, we'll see if we'll see how that goes uh, on Sunday. If there's a if there's a repeat of what happened last season, I was disappointed when you know he walked out with uh, with uh, Nick Scott to be the game day captain on Monday night. I was like, oh, I, I would have thought Zach would have made Karis the, the the game day captain for the Tennessee game. Yeah, um, you know, I was joking with Ted after the game, and he said, yeah, they're. Guys are going to have to have my back this week. There's going to be a lot of people not happy to see me. Um, and that all came about. Uh, it was a uh, uh, it was at the end of the game. The Bengals were just kind of running out the clock, and and Jeffrey Simmons teed off and hit Ted Karras. Yeah. I think it was a kneel down, or it was it was a late situation where that never should have happened. And 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 Simmons actually got fined by the league for that play. And and so Karras was obviously upset and. Uh, took it out on the entire state instead of just <laughs> one man. So we will see uh, what, what the reaction is to, to his return. Um, yeah. I, I don't think you're going to see a repeat of that, but uh, that, no. that was one of the most memorable moments from last season. Yeah. Last week we got the the Super Bowl rematch. This week we get Karras versus the entire state of Tennessee. So it's two, <laughs> two straight revenge games in a row. Um, yeah. I, I think if we just look moving forward, I mean, where, where do you, Bengals in this division in in the AFC. So every other team in the AFC North is two one right now. 
I think I, I don't think it's that far uh, that different from what we expected coming into the season. I mean, I think we all thought the AFC North would be a very competitive division, maybe the most competitive division in the entire NFL. And so far, it's looked that way. You know, Cleveland, their defense has been incredible. Deshaun Watson probably had his best game as a Brown on Sunday. Um, Baltimore took a hard loss on on to the Colts on Sunday, but they're still two and one. Um, and we talked about the Steelers just keep pulling out victories. You know, no matter how. Poorly, their offense seems to play. They have so many contributors on defense that that are able to step up and, and make impact plays that they can just pull out these wins. Um, I, I still think the Bengals might be the most talented team in this division, though. Yeah. Even you know, even given these three games, um, I want to react to what we've seen in these three games, but I also don't want to overreact. That heading into the season, we all thought the Bengals were one of the maybe two or three best teams in the entire NFL. How do you how do you weigh what we've seen in these three games versus what we kind of thought coming into the season, and how and where that places the Bengals, not only in this division but in terms of with the, with the Dolphins, with the Bills, with the Chiefs? Do you do you still think of them as one of those elite teams, or or have these three games, especially those first two weeks, have have they soured you on where this team can go going forward? I think they can be one of those elite teams later in the year once it Burrow gets this calf injury behind him, if he gets it behind him. Right now, it's just not the same offense. I wouldn't put them in the in the mm-hmm. same category as a Miami or a Kansas City or even a Buffalo. Um, but there's no reason to think they can't yeah. be there. As long as they can be in the mix and still be playing relevant football in December and January, which I totally expect, then yeah. then, yeah, they can work themselves into that category. I mean, remember last year they were – they were four and three, five and four. Nobody thought they were an elite team. And then they rip off 10 in a row. They, they kind of yeah. found their footing and took off. So I, I'm not ruling that out right now. I just, I think, trying to remember, we, we do our weekly power rankings every week. I think I had them around 14 or 15. I know a lot of other people had them a little bit yeah. higher than that. I think I had um, them at 11 or 12 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you think about it, this division, it, Cleveland and Baltimore play. So one of them are going to lose and be two and two. Yeah. And you know, I think Houston's better than a lot of people thought. And yeah, and they their offense is rolling. And and can Pittsburgh's offense keep up with Houston's office? I mean, there's a real chance that the Bengals could be two and two in a game out of first place by the end of this weekend. So totally. Um, totally. It it would you know, it's just it's it's shaping up so much like last year where they yeah. you know, you you stumble out of the gate, you go oh and two, you get them some things figured out. Um, just that that big huge question mark is gonna be hanging over them this entire run is is where is Burrow with the calf, and, and can it hold up? I, I think, especially this week, watching the Dolphins put up 70 points on, <laughs> on, a, on an NFL team, watching the, what was it, 41-10 to 10 Chiefs over the Bears, I mean, just, it, it, even the Bills have destroyed in their past two games, this total blowout. Yeah. It looks effortless for these other teams, where it doesn't look that way for the Bengals right now. Yeah. Obviously, Joe Burrow's injury is, like, the main factor in that, but it's just tough because I think a lot of people, and maybe us included, thought, you know, the Bengals have gotten off to these rough starts the past few years. Maybe this is the year that everything is going to click and they're going to go mm. 14 and three, you know, something like that. And just destroy the AFC. Maybe Joe injury, Joe Burrow's injury just kind of put a fork in that. And it's, it's just not going to happen. It's going to be another season where they're going to have to kind of grind out these wins, at least early in the year. Right. Yeah. We don't, we don't know how it's going to maybe, maybe by the time that November and December and the playoffs roll around, maybe Joe Burrow has recovered enough to the point where it's, it's looking like it has uh, in some past seasons with some explosive plays and downfield shots and just kind of giving that effortless look that these other AFC offenses have right now. But as long as Burrow still has this injury, 
it's going to be a grind. I, I, I do think so. And I think it's going to be tough to kind of put them in that tier with those other AFC teams, uh, at least at least in the conference. I think in the division, I think they're still right there. I, I just don't think there's enough talent on these other AFC North teams to where one of them could run away with the division. But I, I do question whether the Bengals right now are one of those elite teams. It'll just I think it'll just take time for not only Burrow to get healthy, but for this offense to kind of remesh and, and get back to where they were in the past. What do you think happens first? The Bengals top 30 points or the Dolphins fail to score 30? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to say Bengals top 30 because they're playing, they're playing Arizona next week and Arizona's defense is not, not very good. And I know Arizona beat the Cowboys last week. And I know they've been competitive, but I don't have a lot of faith in that defense. So <laughs> I, I don't think the Bengals will put up 30 this week by any means. I would say that's... Uh, I, I, it's, it's almost impossible. I don't see any way that could happen, but I, I could see it happening next week. Miami, oh my, I, I've rewatched that Miami game uh, three times this week already. It's just, <laughs> it's like watching a video game. It was it was absolutely incredible. I've never seen an NFL performance like that. I I feel very, very sorry for Broncos fans right now that you gave, <laughs> gave your team gave up that many points. Um, yeah, so I think let's go ahead and get into our predictions and our betting for this week. I think we've previewed this game enough. We, we've kind of given our hints of how we think this uh, this game will go. Um, so every week, if you haven't seen it, we, me, Jay, and our betting director, Brian Lewis, are, are putting in a couple bets. Uh, we're putting one bet on a, a non-Bengals-related game, and we're putting one bet related to the Bengals game. We've each got 20 units. We can spread those however we like. Uh, Jay, you want to recap? where we're at at the moment yeah uh not good for me i went zero and two last week i had a a chase anytime touchdown that did not happen uh no. and then i also took the vikings as a pick em against the chargers so i lost both my games i am now at minus 30 units for the season That's you awesome. on the other hand um Bengals rams under 44 you hit it got that uh, patriots minus three you hit that so yeah, uh you are you are back to even. You started at minus 20. You are now oh. at zero. And Brian is uh, at zero. He split last week. He had Bills minus six and a half. And then for some reason, he took the Bears plus 13 and a half. And that did not play <laughs> out too well for him. No. So, um, so he's at zero. You're at zero. I'm at minus 30. So okay. not, I'm not going to panic and, and go parlays no, just yet. Time. I thought about time. it. <laughs> okay. You've, you've got to do something to make your way to make your way back up to the top. Yeah, I'm, I made a real life bet this week on, on Jamar Chase anytime touchdown parlay with AJ Brown anytime touchdown. I thought they might get that both get the squeaky wheel treatment on Monday and yeah. didn't happen. AJ Brown came very close on, on three occasions of scoring a touchdown, but uh, that was just more money down the drain for me. <laughs> um, all right, I'll go ahead and start with my bets for this okay. week. Um, I, I don't know. There were a lot of weird lines this week. There wasn't anything that really stood out to me as, as it, I could take advantage of. Um, I'm going to go with Rams minus one at the Colts. I, I I thought about taking the under in this game, or sorry, the over in this game. Uh, the over is 45.5 in that game. And I just think both these offenses are kind of underrated. I know we just saw the Rams struggle uh, against against the Bengals, but the Colts' defense is not nearly as talented as the Bengals' defense. They, they have some interesting players on their front, but they're starting undrafted uh, second-year players at cornerback. I just think Matthew Stafford and Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell can, can have a field day with that. Um, Anthony Richardson is coming back for the Colts, but I, I still feel good about the Rams in that one. So I'm going to take Rams minus one at the Colts for my non-Bengals bet. 
and I will save my Bengals bet for our prediction. So Jay, what are your, uh, what is your non Bengals bet? Well, I, I teased it a little earlier. I, it's, it sounds crazy, but the number is so low that I, yeah. I feel like I have to take the over. I'm Joe Mixon rushing yards, 53 and a half. I'm, okay. I'm going to go over. I think if the, if the, it, he can break one or two for double digit runs and yeah. if the Bengals can get a lead and ride him in the, in the second half, it shouldn't be that hard to go over 53 and a half. And it is, it just, it feels like an uh, AFC North game. And yeah. uh, this, that's what you do in those games is you, you run the ball. So um, I, I, I do that. And then I didn't go T te- I didn't go parley. I went teaser. I'm, I'm, I, I think green Bay wins tonight outright, but I couldn't resist mm. tacking another six points onto that one and a half that they're getting from the lions. I think I saw something where, like 1980s, the last time the Lions were favored in Green Bay. Um, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a six point teaser with Packers, bump that line to seven and a half, and then bump the Cardinals from 14 to 20. 20 is just a massive number. Okay. Um, I know the 49ers are playing incredible right now, but uh, Arizona is better, has played better than I think a lot of people expected. And oh, yeah. um, I, I don't. I'm not. This isn't a oh. I'm thinking they're great because they beat the Cowboys. I know anything can yeah. happen in this league, but just 20 is a crazy number in the NFL. And I think they it is. They, they almost they almost won their first two games. You know, the, exactly. the first two games, they allowed huge comebacks or else they were, they were in those games too. So it's, yeah, 20 is an absolutely huge number in the NFL. Obviously, we saw some teams go over that this week, but it's it's a rarity. Yeah, and then uh, Brian went with the Jaguars minus three and a half at their uh, pseudo home game in London. They're used to that yeah. making that trip every year. The Falcons yeah. are not. So I, I like that bet from him. And then he's, he's on the, uh, the, the dead cat bounce um, with Cowboys minus six and a half after that terrible showing against the Cardinals. Okay. All right. All right. We'll see how those go. We'll see how those uh, go. We'll recap those next week. We'll see if, if Jay can catch up to, to us at the top of the leaderboards. <laughs> um, all right. So for this Titans game, we've kind of hinted at it. Um, I, I, I think it'll be a dogfight. I think it'll be a grind them out type of game, but I just think the Bengals have more talent. And I think if they can create a few explosive plays down the field, I, I do see a Bengals win. Um, to my Bengals, but the Bengals, the last, the last lines I saw where the Bengals were favored by 2.5, I'm going to take the Bengals. Um, and I'm going to go a final score of Bengals 23, Titans 15. So I think it'll be a little bit of a lower scoring game, kind of a weird score there. <laughs> Maybe some two-point conversions or something. Five um, field goals. Five field goals. You never. Hey, that actually could have. That actually could legitimately <laughs> happen. Um, yeah, I just think the Bengals are, are too talented. I, I really, really don't like Tennessee's secondary. I think the Bengals will be able to create some shots. Uh, I think Trey Hendrickson will have another huge game against this Titans. This Titans front. This Titans offensive line. It's really bad. It's it, it's it's. I can't can't stress that enough. It's. <laughs> I, it might be the worst in the NFL. Um, maybe five players who shouldn't be starting. Honestly, I'm not sure if they have one quality starter on that front. So Bengals defensive line, I think will have another huge game. So Bengals 23 Titans 15 for me. So is that, is that your bet? The Bengals minus two yeah, and a yeah. half. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Trey Hendrickson should have had four sacks in that game. I mean, he yeah. had two canceled yeah. by penalties and one was yeah. a, a non penalty. They called Sam Hubbard for a face mask when it looked like he just grabbed yeah. the shoulder. And then the other was an offsetting uh, penalties call. I think Cam Taylor Britt was called for de- defensive mm-hmm. holding. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to be another huge game for Trey. Uh, I've got a little closer. Uh, I'm going Bengals 20, Titans 16. Uh, same same kind of mindset there. I think it's a touchdown for the Titans and then and then three field goals. Yeah. Um, and the Bengals find a way to, 
to get in the end zone. And I don't think they're good. They, they know they can rely on Evan McPherson and, and yeah. could, he's always good for four field goals was close to Evan five. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think they find a way to, to get a couple touchdowns and maybe even in the first half, they haven't scored a first half That's touchdown it. offensively all year. It's the first time since 2002, they haven't done it in the first three games. So they, they need to stop that streak. They got to get going a little bit quicker. Then you can ride Mixon and I can cash my win. That's all that really matters, right? It is. That's really, it is. Get, really it is. That's all that we really care about. On, <laughs> I root on for this, me on this show. Exactly. We're rooting for us and our content and our bets. That's all <laughs> we, that's all we really care about. Um, all right. Well, we will be back next week at our usual time on Tuesdays to recap this game. We'll preview week five. Um, if the Bengals are one and three, who knows, who, who knows where, the, where things will stand. If they're two and two, I think Bengals fans can be a little more confident that this season's season is back on the right track. So uh, Jay, anything else before we sign off for this episode? No, just uh, looking forward to Nashville. It's always a fun city. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to stay out as late on Broadway as I have the last couple trips down there. <laughs> uh, actually staying out by the airport this time. So uh, try to behave myself a little bit more, be a little bit fresher on game day. But uh, love love the food down there. Love the music scene. Oh, yeah. And uh, looking forward to should be. I don't know if it's going to be a thrilling game, but I think it's going to be a close game and a, and a fun one to watch. Yeah. Entertaining game, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. Please, uh, please uh, give us a review. If you're listening on the podcast platform, or if you're on YouTube, please subscribe. Please give us a like. Check out ProFootballNetwork.com. Jay is doing great stuff on the Bengals every day. Adam Beasley and the Dolphins, Jess Navarez and the Cowboys. I'm doing general NFL. We've got fantasy. We've got betting. Anything you could want NFL, ProFootballNetwork.com. Come check us out. Um, PFN Bengals podcast will return next Tuesday. We'll talk to you then.